Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. All right, Mark Fernandez. We got a little bit of news here. Okay. Our friends over at Star Wars First News. First of all, now. hello. Oh, hi. How's How it going? are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Good Good weekend? Good weekend. Lots lots uh, taken care of. Lots done. Uh, yeah. Oscars. Oscars. Uh, and then no sleep. But that's fine. Yeah. We can do it. You know, <clears throat> It is what it is. We're, it's we're mon- professionals. You know, we're recording this one on a Monday. On a Monday. On a Monday for a Tuesday airing. But yeah. uh, So if any – again, we always give the caveat – if that damn Star Wars title breaks and right. we're not and we're not talking about it, there's a good reason. Yeah, and look, I I actually have it on some personal uh, news that something is coming out tomorrow. Um, I didn't get the memo. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, look, this will air after it comes out, so it's kind of weird. You're serious? You're, yeah. Okay, I like this. What is it? You know, um, <laughs> I don't know how much I can say in case it doesn't air. All right. Okay. And if it doesn't air, we'll cut this part out of the show. How about that? Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Give um, damn. Am I going to disclose the full thing? I had no idea this was happening. So you're going to get my actual real time reaction. Okay. So I'm not going to give any names. Okay. Okay. But a few years ago, there was a very popular uh, fan creation mm-hmm. that that uh, stormed. Um, the Star Wars fan base online. Okay. Um, that same creator mm-hmm. is going to be dropping something tomorrow. Okay. That I think uh, will get a lot of the fan clicks. You know, because it's like uh, for fan by fans. You know, okay. that's a pretty that's a pretty good way to keep it. You know, to yeah. keep it uh, not really saying anything. Right. Which I'm proud of. Yeah. Because I have no idea what you're talking about. So this word, we don't even have to clip shit out. I mean, I could just be like, I don't no know what you're talking about. We don't need to clip anything out, Cody. We're good. We're good. I love it. Well, uh, on that note, there is a report saying that Lucasfilm is prepping productions, productions of a new Star Wars movie and a new Star Wars TV show. Hmm. All right. We can, we can get into that a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it is uh, rule of two. Yeah. Maybe we also talk about some... Our, our sort of favorite Star Wars Oscar snubs. 
because I have a few that – Ooh. That I'm gonna, that, yeah, we're going to do that because yeah. you know why? It's Rule of Two and it's episode 28. Rise. That's right. It's Rule of Two, episode 28. You heard it up top. It is Mark Fernandez and Mark Riley here to host – on the official Collider Podcast One Jedi Council feed. We are also Rule of Two every Tuesday on Collider Videos and a Podcast One wherever you find your podcast. Mark Fernandez, good to be back with you as always. Well, you're on fire today, man. That Am was a I? Good, that was a good intro. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it's because I, th- th- my brain isn't working, so maybe it's in going on autopilot. I and like I can that. just uh, – You're and like can, LeBron James. You like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I can do it. That's I can good. do it, 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 it as long as I, I prep. All I need – it's a good night's sleep tonight, yeah. and then everything will be fine tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Watch, um, watch The Last Jedi. Oh, boy. <laughs> Put it in the swear jar. Any, I'm sorry. Any, any of my uh, – I love The Last Jedi. And uh, – oh, look. Last night, uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story nominated for Best Visual Effects uh, only to lose to First Man. To First Man. So did Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a big one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, also I think I saw a lot online – uh, what it must have been like over at Lucasfilm to watch uh, Lord Miller and his team take an Oscar for Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And uh, the more I think about That's it. That's actually a very good point. Very the, good The point. more I think about it. Um, well, I, I just got chills on that one. I did watch Solo again um, with some friends, uh, you know, an online kind of thing. Watched it again. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not working for me. Yeah. And uh, I really wish uh, going back now, being able to – it's been – you know, we're coming up on a year of it having been released, not mm-hmm. doing too well in theaters. There are moments I, I truly loved. There are moments that I didn't, and there I just think in general it just didn't work for me. I know you, The Last Jedi. I maybe I do the the swear jar for Solo, yeah, because I know a lot of people loved it. But I tell you, I wish we could have had Lord Miller's Solo. Yeah, I just wish I. I it's one of those. I wonder what it would have looked like, and had it been a little bit more enjoyable for me, who likes. It when filmmakers take big swings, yeah. and especially in the Star Wars universe. Hence, why I like the Last Jedi. Hence, why I'm wearing this uh, shirt. By the way, uh, I do want to give a shout out, uh, Troy David Millhout. I hope I'm re- pronouncing that right. Thank you so much for sending Fernandez and me a shirt. Yeah, it's a really cool shirt that I very got. cool shirt. Uh, Troy David, you can go to troydavid.threadless.com and see his uh, and see all of his uh, designs because they're pretty cool and they're Star Wars intensive yeah. and always want to support the uh, the fan creators out there. Absolutely. So uh, Troy, thank you very much for that. Just wanted to mention that because I was talking Last Jedi, which is why I liked that big swing. I know it didn't work for certain people, but let me ask you this: It just got me thinking. All this uh, this divisiveness around the Last Jedi. Now, I know you're a fan, and I know mm-hmm. sometimes people will, will jump on you for, stop being negative about The Last Jedi. Yeah. But you did like certain things in it, correct? Yeah, for sure. And you're a fan of the prequels, you're a fan of the originals and all that kind of stuff. But I started wondering about this. Uh, it's starting to happen now, Episode Nine. There are people already going into the Episode Nine Rotten Tomatoes thing and saying, I don't want to see it. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're doing that for Captain Marvel. Yeah. So so before I get to that, I want to dovetail off of one thing you said before, which I yeah. thought was very interesting, mm. which is um, <clears throat> that you wished you would have gotten the Lord and Miller solo. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. There's a part of me that more than anything else wishes that we would have gotten the George Lucas, Michael Arndt script untouched. Absolutely. Okay? I wish I – yeah. I, that's one of my star. You know, I, I, on this show, I talk about my Star Wars dreams. Like, what are my Star Wars dreams? 
seeing Vader take out the Jedi Temple in, 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 in all its glory, which we mm-hmm. didn't get, even if it's my favorite movie, Revenge of the Sith, I have, yeah. I have problems with, with Revenge of the Sith as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's being able to read the Michael Arndt, George Lucas, Episode 7 script. I would love to read that, yeah. And in a much lesser position than that, I kind of wish I would have seen the Colin Trevorrow Episode 9. I think so. You know, just only because of what Mark Hamill talked about and said that he loved it. Yeah. That no. he completely loved it, which means that Luke was a big part of it. Probably. Which means yeah. that Luke was alive, which means that Colin Trevorrow finished a screenplay for episode nine that didn't have parts that were obvious in episode eight. You know, So there's all these questions about – look, that's just conjecture on my part based sure. on the data. But I kind of wish I would have seen that one. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Uh would you ever want to see a David Lynch directed Return of the Jedi? Why? Because he, he was up for it. He was up for it. He no. was uh, he was offered, I, I believe. I Dune is one of my favorite books. Yeah, that I read when I was a kid. We got You got to go on the Riley Roundtable with me and talk Dune. Yeah. people know I love that book. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm a big Dune fan. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I didn't like David Lynch's Dune. I didn't either. It's weird. It's fine. It's it doesn't, you know, yeah, but it's not the the that mini series they oof, did. The mini series that came out in the early aughts. Yes, that, that was, was that was Dune. That was Dune. Yeah, yeah. If you know what we're talking about, you, you yeah, you Dune, you Dunites, you know what we're talking about. There's a mythology there that is so incredible that I think Denis Villeneuve, who's going to do the the new Dune movie. He's going to nail it. You think so? It's oh, just yeah. it's a lot of story to nail in a two-hour movie. I it think, really is. It's think, hard. That's why that miniseries works so well. Yeah, that's so well. why you can't really compare the two. It's, it's, it's slightly unfair to compare the two. Yeah. Because Dune, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I distinctly remember Dune as being the first big book I ever read. Yeah. Because it was very, 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 very thick. Yeah. Um, and the movie just it – didn't, it didn't do the, the legacy – of the book Justice, you know, oh. like like the passage of time, mm-hmm. you know, um, which the miniseries did. So I think Villeneuve or whatever will also have struggles with that, in my opinion. But I, you know, I have faith in him. I think it'll be a longer movie because of his past work. I look at Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners, right, what right. have you, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But I think that I've said this. I think the mythology inherent in Dune, if he focuses on that. I think we could see something very special in theaters that maybe might start a franchise because we have a lot of books in the yeah. Dune series. Yeah. But anyways, that's a Dune podcast for another <laughs> Dune time. Um, what were we saying? We were well, talking no, no. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about you, – you asked me if I would want to see a David Lynch director Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I say no. I say no. Yeah. I, you so, know, like, like a few weeks ago we talked about – I think we talked about the same thing and, or, or you know, who we wanted to direct – the more and more I think about it, um, I think you nailed it um, when you mentioned the Catherine Bigelow Star Wars. Well, I, yeah, I just like she's such a great director. It, she, I mean, she can nail this. This she can tone. nail the action too. The action. She's a good action. Director. And you look at all. I mean, we 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 mentioned what is it? Stranger Stranger Days. Stranger Days. That's really weird. So she can get she can cover weird. Then you get Point Break. Yeah, which you is can incredible. cover just I mean, popcorn most... action fun. Yeah. Um, then you have heroes. Heroes. Yeah. She, she understands the concept she, of a hero. Yes, yeah, she does understand that. She also understands how to do gritty action. I mean, real. Keanu Reeves's journey in Point Break is is the, the hero's, hero's journey. journey. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I had to love that. Yeah. So anyway, back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. So just uh, on that news of a new movie. New movie possibly being yeah. in there. 
Uh, our friends over at Star Wars News Net. Uh, new were, movie, new show? New movie and show. So, yeah. they've, so they basically in 2018, October of 2018, two new production companies were registered. Both of them tied to Star Wars productions from the sound of things. That's what they're saying. Some people were wondering if it's Ryan Johnson's trilogy, mm. one of those movies. Star Wars Newsnet believes it's the, the Benioff and Weiss. Sure, that makes more sense. I think that makes more sense. Now, for the TV series, uh, it's a third one. Obi-Wan? We've talked a lot about it. Could be, maybe not, maybe it's something else. We don't know. Right now, that's that's the news yeah. that's out there. Look, the, the mystery box that Force Awakens gave us when we were able to talk about who Ray's parents were and mm-hmm. all, you know who Snoke was and all those amazing topics that really um, supported us for over a year of just talking yeah. crap online. Yeah. It was very fruitful. I think that that's the genius of The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Was all the questions that it created. Yeah, because it – yeah, who's Rey? Who's Snoke? Yeah, it beca- made it a mystery mm-hmm. with like Star Wars was never really a mystery. It was a you know hero's journey, fantasy thing. It made it into a mystery. And it was a cool, compelling you know mystery. That mystery has been gone. So now all the speculation is about all of these new projects. Mm-hmm. And like no matter what, just like I've always said, like if the Dolphins are playing on Sunday, I'm watching. Like I don't care if I know they have the worst team out there. I'm going to watch. I'm afraid. Right. right. Like at this point, speculating in all these new shows that we don't know anything about, it's just like – It's like a dog chasing his tail. Yeah. I it just, really I, is. Yeah. I just want to get – I just want – give me a, a Give trade. me some content. Give me a, yeah, give me a trade announcement or you know a scoop from some trusted people or StarWars.com. Drop your drop your your thing. Yeah, and we, we and we can get to talking. Yeah, I'm with you. But I, I kind of jumped on something you just said. Go like, ahead, go ahead. You're always going to root for the Dolphins. Yeah, you're always going to root for Star Wars. Yeah. So I'm. It, it it kind of occurred to me that when people are so angry at the Last Jedi or angry at Disney, and they're saying we're going to boycott, we're going to do this. It's wrong. It's yeah. the wrong way to think. It's not it's, loyal opposition. Right. It, it made me go it, – it hit me really hard. I'm like, well, then you, you don't really like Star Wars. It's not in your blood. If you can really what boycott it yeah. to like prove a point. You then, can grow disinterested with it. Yeah. But you can, to, but, but to you can not like a movie. I get it. I didn't like you know the Attack of the Clones and, and Phantom Menace at, at one point, but I've grown to, to like them. Attack right. of the Clones is still <laughs> kind of down there, but <laughs> – um, but I, you know, I always like. I still want to see it. Like even after Phantom Menace, I was like, oh, I don't know. I was opening night at Attack of the Clones, yeah. just wanting good Star Wars and, and knowing that I saw some some footage of some so, great stuff. So, so it's like, look, on this show, unless we get a great rumor, yeah, you know, or we get some factual news, let's just not even talk about it, yeah, you know, because it's just like. That's why I want Obi Wan. You kind of want Obi Wan too. Kind like, of. Yeah, yeah. You want Obi Wan. Oh, I want Obi Wan. We both want Obi Wan. We both want the Benioff and Weiss thing because supposedly it's going to show the origin of the Jedi and the Sith. Yep. So that's not, I'm all in for that. That yep. sounds like the special sauce. Yep. You know, lettuce, cheese, Big Mac that we've all wanted, right? It makes so much sense. So give us that. I can't wait. Um, I do think after Episode Nine, and look, I am looking very, 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 very much forward to Episode Nine. Yeah. Um. I think that J.J., in my personal opinion, is a far more skilled storyteller than Ryan Johnson. He understands the consequences of of what story means, in my opinion, more. So I think he will engineer 
um, episode nine to have plenty of talking points yeah. for us fans for a long time thereafter. Yeah. Where it's like The Last Jedi didn't leave it with too many talking points. It just left us with a, you know, opposition in whether we liked it or didn't or the choices that he made, whether they exceeded our expectations or subvert. It, it, it was a very different, weird thing. You know, mm -hmm. it, it didn't really focus. Nobody talks about the continuation of that story. Well, yeah. I will. You know, yeah. I mean, it just seems to me that like it's landing with different people and yeah. some anyway, more so than others. Aside from like, you know, my my last Jedi feelings, I do feel that uh, JJ is going to have a great outing with 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 episode nine. Yeah. And well, I and, and I think he's going to be very conscious of all the chatter and all the yes. disdain and he'll leave it how he found it. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like a good guest. I I uh, last Last week's conversation I thought was really great is that we we were talking about and you know we genuinely love Kathleen Kennedy and her body of work, but we have because of everything now we've been a couple years into this and the, and everything we've noticed it's the mythology right yeah. it's like you can produce a good movie but can you produce a good mythology right. especially in the Star Wars universe I think JJ has that yeah. that that's what's going back to that is that he understands mythology he knows it. He's one of the he's one of the students of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and um, I really like that little analogy I just I just said. It makes me feel comfortable. It, it, it gives me it makes me feel hopeful mm -hmm. that JJ will try his best to leave Star Wars how he found it to some degree. Like, I love like that too. To to not disturb it too much. But on that note, I want to ask you a question. Sure. Okay. Uh, maybe we can wrap up uh, talking about this and maybe even take some, some questions. Yeah, let's take some questions in yeah. a little bit. But yeah, go for it. Um, what do you think are the biggest Oscar snubs in Star Wars uh, history? I love this. Now, I know I'm sitting on the other side of a table with a Annie Hall fan. Mm -hmm. But I think for that time, for what Star Wars did, we're still talking about it 40 plus years later. That movie deserved Best Picture. I think that was a huge snub mm. because of how it introduced not only a new mythology but one that is going to be here forever. Yeah. So first of all, with the benefit of you know thirty nine years between the release and now, mm -hmm. um, and what the voters had in front of them at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm actually surprised and proud of that version of the Academy to even nominate it for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Back then, it was only five, as we all know. It was right. a very exclusive club. Science fiction rarely ever gets in there. I mean, 2001 did. 2001 is considered by many to be the greatest piece of cinema ever created. Mm -hmm. uh, and that didn't win either. No. Um, but Annie Hall was probably the greatest comedy, American-made comedy mm. that anybody had ever seen. And it was also one of the best dramas that anybody had ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt it's uh... – So, so it, it was up against a tough one. Yeah. It was up against a tough one in my opinion. You know, I'm glad that it even got nominated. You, you might be right. I mean I can see looking back, especially in 1977, the awards issued in 1978 – you know, you can kind of do some Monday morning quarterbacking even forty plus years later and go, well, they got it right. I mean, yeah, Annie Hall is is a wonderful movie. I love it. It's, it's my favorite yeah. Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I just think for what it did and I wish that maybe back then you could probably look at the Academy and go, well, they're not going to take a chance and vote this thing into Best Picture or win. Yeah. The I mean, fact like, that they nominated how, it as a win. How could they know how big it was going to be? Right. I mean they knew when they nominated it because it came out in summer and nominations came out you know, f- probably January, February of that following year. Sure. Uh, but, but they knew that it was a monster hit. They mm-hmm. knew that it was an unusual film because it was a science fiction film right. for kids right. that was being nominated for Best Picture. But they didn't know that it would become the greatest uh, entertainment franchise ever created by man. Yeah. You know. it's, it's, it's the best. Yeah. For, for me. So that that's one of them. But I could also throw Alec Guinness in there. Mm. I think – Was uh, he even nominated? He was nominated he was for Obi-Wan Obi- Kenobi and yeah. A New Hope. That looks to me like in today's Oscars, they would have given it to him on some like sympathy shit. They might have. Because like yeah. the Oscars today, it's always like there's no more – you know, there's rare Oscars or rare Oscar movies that just dominate like the big categories. It mm-hmm. seems like – for the last few years or five years, ever since they went to the 10 format or the 7 format, whatever the hell it is now. Well, they have up to 10, but they don't usually yeah. actually use all 10 it slots. It just seems like the big five Oscars, director, picture, uh, screenplay, uh, actor and actress, mm-hmm. all seem to go to different movies. Right. You know, It seems like they're placating to, the, to, the, to all the movies that are nominated for Best Picture, and then they pick one that's Best Picture. Right. And a lot of times the one that wins Best Picture doesn't have the most Oscars before. Like last night, right, it was like Bohemian Rhapsody was well, picking up all the – Yeah, they got some technical ones, sound yeah. mixing, sound production. They got editing, which was – Yeah, I saw a lot of memes about that one. I just – I don't understand that one. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, but listen, I don't want to talk. Yeah, was shit about that. I mean, it just it is what it is. <laughs> right. Rami Malek wins. I think it was a deserving win there. I thought yeah, he was, yeah. you know, very good. But I thought so too. I brought something up though. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars has racked up a respectable thirty-three nominations, spread over nine films, including Rogue One, a Star Wars story. This is not including Solo now because okay. this was before. Uh, this was like so last thirty-three year's. nominations. Thirty-three nominations, but the series hasn't brought an Oscar home since nineteen eighty-one. So they, they – Star Wars hasn't won anything since 1981. They've been what, nominated. What did they win in 81? Uh, Empire's win for Best Sound is the last Oscar the franchise has earned. And then uh, – And they've been nominated. Star Wars won Best Editing. Star Wars won Best Editing. They won six wins, ten nominations for A New Hope. Uh, one six win. wins? Yeah. That's a lot of Oscars, man. Yeah, the what most were nominations. The say, it, say it loud and proud. All right, I'm looking for it right now. Where is it? That's I know it's editing. I know it's um, original. I know it was original score. Yeah. I know it was uh, special effects. Probably special effects. Um, conveniently, this left this off, so I now have to find it myself. Yeah, but anyway, six Oscars is a lot of Oscars. That's more than I thought. Yeah, and then we have uh, Return of the Jedi had four nominations. Phantom Menace had three nominations. Attack of the Clones one nomination. Revenge of the Sith one nomination. Uh, Force Awakens five nominations, Rogue One two, and The Last Jedi four. So hmm, that's crazy. And so, Solo one, and Solo had one. Yeah, yeah. To me, my biggest Oscar snub, and like um, people laugh at me, so I understand that it's a, it's slightly comical. But I honestly, when I saw the movie, I I told you know my friend. This, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like my Star Wars buddy that I honestly felt this mm-hmm. is that I thought Ian McDermott should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. 
Yeah, you've mentioned that before. I don't find it that comical. And Revenge of the Sith specifically. I know. So so can we please go to that year and see who else was nominated? Uh, That would be – so 2003. No, Revenge of the Sith. That's just 2003. 2005. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking something else. 2005. I got to get on my – Yeah, no sleep. So 2005 Oscar nominees. You ready? Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. Make sure that that's the year that the that the that uh, Sith is being nominated, and I believe it would probably be special effects. Yeah. So let me look. Oh boy, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. They I keep clicking on links that are like not uh, they're they're not correct. Hold on, let me find it. Keep talking, everybody. Keep talking. Yeah, let's everybody. talk amongst ourselves. So what do you guys? What do you guys got? Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? Come on. Sound visual effects. Here we go. No. That's not it. It's not it. Damn it! So I bet I got to go to two thousand. We got to get this right because, like, we got to put this Ian McDermott thing to rest and see if the other five nominees for best supporting actor mm. are really that much better than his performance. If we can even remember them. Yeah, okay, I'm trying so, to find it, but he's. So I know what people are going to say. It's because he was very, and you you mentioned it, comical. Because yeah. he's doing the my little green friend. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know? I love that. That was a good impression. Well, thank you. I played the Emperor in the uh, Star Wars trilogy and in 30 minutes. You should so. say Rise from now on. No, no, that's your thing. Uh, I like it when you do it. It's a kind of a tradition now. Um, here, I'm, I'm getting there slowly yeah. but surely. Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Look, frick, we're going to talk about this because this is the Oscars It's uh, not even episode. there. Visual effects, not even there. So what, so, what, so what did it get nominated for? Maybe we should have Googled that. Let's see. What did, what did yeah? What did Revenge of the Sith? My <laughs> God! Remember that comment? Somebody in the in the chat said it's obvious you guys don't uh, prep. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> what What did Revenge of the Sith get an Oscar nomination for? Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith was Ooh. nominated for one Oscar in two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah, that's where I was. All right, so 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 look at the two thousand and six Academy Awards. I want to bring them up too. I got it right here, guys. Oh, oh Cody, you're the best. <laughs> best makeup. Oh, best, best makeup. makeup. Thank you, Cody. to the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oof. Oh, well, that's <laughs> – That was a tough one. That's a snub right there. <laughs> Is that – Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. All right. Who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 2006? Yeah. All right. Five people were nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in 2006. Series here they to get us. Matt Dillon, William Hurt, Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Giamatti, and George Clooney. Wow. So Crash – a History of Violence, mm-hmm. Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. Cinderella Man, and mm-hmm. Syriana. Right. And who won? That year? That would have been... Who won Best Supporting Actor 2006? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree George with... George Clooney won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor right, for Syriana in Listen, those, good, those guys were well-deserving of those nominations. That was a good year. That was over, a good year for... Uh, that was I, a good year for supporting actors. I love your passion behind it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Ian McDiarmid. He's he's he's. Can he can, can he at least replace Matt Dillon in Crash? Yes, absolutely. Yes, right. Yes, I'll I'll take that. I mean, he's not going to win. He's not he, going to win. But he can replace Matt Dillon. I forgot Matt Dillon was. This is the year. It's funny that you bring it up because this is the conversation that was going on with the Oscars right now when Green Book took the the win for Best Picture. A lot of people are saying this is like the year Crash took hmm. Best Picture. Because it was just like, really? People really don't like this Green Room movie, huh? Green Book, yeah. They didn't like it. Green Room's a good movie. 
I like that movie much more than Green Book. Green Room, which one? Which, which one That's was that? the one where uh, uh, their a band is playing in a um, like a skinhead kind of bar, and they get trapped, and they have to fight their way out, and it's brutal, man. Really, it's so good. Did you see Green Book? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I've seen Green Book. Is it good? It's okay. Yeah, I just didn't think it was very. Uh, they didn't really go as deep as I'd like. It was a very simple thing. There are other kind of controversies about this that. I'll leave the folks for yeah, for yeah. your consideration to do that. Sure, sure. Seeing this is a Star Wars podcast, yeah, so we're not yeah, talking we're about Star we're Wars. We're back. We're back. Um, right. I like that, but I, I I'll I mean, take I'll put Ian McDermott over Matt Dillon. Fine. Uh, okay. Fine. Thank you. Thank you for for giving me that. What about yeah. best special effects, though? Like I, I can't I thought believe it's it's not Revenge in there. of the Sith. All right, hold. Yeah. What won the Oscar for best special effects two thousand and six? I think. You, the Oscar for Best Visual Effects in 2006. Damn. King, King Kong. Kong was good. I don't know if it was that better was some, than Revenge of the Sith. That was but. some uh, Andy Serkis uh, mocap action as King Kong. It was good. Yeah. Fine. Um, all right. 2006. So all right. So so my snubs have kind of been uh, justified uh, as snubs by some historical research here. Sure. And and on the fly research, <laughs> I should say at that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though that that no Oscar wins since 1981. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's interesting. Whether it's visual effects or maybe John Williams' score, I thought his score for Force Awakens, the creation of Ray's theme, yeah, I thought should his have given him an Oscar. I thought his score of the Last Jedi was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I listen to it all the time. Yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, you know, Star Wars isn't really, um, you know, they're not really Academy yeah. kind of darlings as like we thought. I mean, it got it got the the, the big thirty three nominations it. is not bad. It's not bad, you know. I mean, but I want thirty three wins. Damn it! Yeah, I love my Star Wars. It's fine. All right, let's keep a let, let's see how many nominations. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> oh Jesus! How many Academy Award nominations for films in the MCU? Oh, you're gonna get down and below. Here's Green Book, which was nominated for and won the Oscar no, for that's... Best Picture. In I can I can think. I mean. Black Panther just kind of cleaned up. I think that's the most. I think that's the most successful one. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how many – like there's never been another – this is the first MCU movie that was nominated for Best Picture. First ever, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there, has there been actor nominations? I don't think so. Nope. Not yet. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean that's when you go – Was Hugh Jackman nominated for Logan? No. Damn, that's a snub. It just uh, was nominated for uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Wow, that's a snub. I think Logan should have been nominated Best Picture too. Absolutely, man. So that's like, yeah, Logan is incredible. But you think about it this way: you know what I like in the A New Hope, mm-hmm. Star Wars to a lot is Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings, and I and I say that because of a lot of the technical awards were there for Lord of the Rings, but it was mm-hmm. also nominated for Best Picture and and a Best Director, just like Star Wars. But uh, it was Ian McKellen; he was nominated for Gandalf. Feels very Obi Wan, right? Yeah. So he lost too. He lost too. Yeah. He didn't get another nomination for that. And eventually, character. Return of the King won one Best Picture. It won everything. So yeah. there's precedent set, but you know, uh, that's a very interesting question. I mean, you know, uh, we'll see if Episode Nine will ever touch anything. If it gets a nomination, yeah. If it could even, I mean, is there any? Is there enough goodwill left in the Star Wars fans out there to actually go uh, and love this movie? Bringing back to my point, for the ones that are like so angry over episode eight, you're really going to boycott episode nine? Yeah, that's ridiculous. You're not. That's I ridiculous. I, I just – I can't 
assume you're a true fan then. Yeah. I just can't. It's just even if it's bad Star Wars, I get it. Yeah. Explain it. Talk to it. Let's, let's hop debate. To some, let's hop to some questions. Close it out. Right? That's great. We got yeah. some questions. You, God, you guys are so great. I put it out there five minutes ago and really? you guys just went crazy. And awesome. I saw one that I wanted to talk about uh, and, I, and let me see if I can find it because it's a great question and I apologize if I miss your name because I got the gist of it as I just looked at it. But it's, it's along those lines of are we going to see – any kind of, of government politics in episode nine because we haven't really gotten that in the sequel trilogy. We got lots of politics in the prequels. Um, here it is. Ian David Hamilton. Thank you. At Ian, Ian Hamilton 1982. Do you think we will get better insight to the larger political picture of the galaxy in episode nine like we did in the prequels? Episode seven and eight. Uh, felt much more close to the action without real context of what was happening other than what we got in the opening crawls. I love this. This is actually one of my things that I've wanted more of mm. and that is um, I wanted more of like what's going on in the in the government because now right now it feels a little bit like – I mean episode 9, right? The First Order is taking over the galaxy. We've assumed. Yeah, so we have a new empire. It's not very clear. It's not very clear and that's that's been my biggest beef with this is that you could argue it's like we have another rebellion, we have just another kind of flip over which you know uh, yeah. Star Wars plays and I echoes mean, and but, but for me I can't I I think that the only time that the government stuff was actually ever truly explored was in the prequels. Yeah. Because this the original trilogy does a, a good enough job of, of of giving you the impression that there's this massive empire mm-hmm. that's controlled by this emperor that has all of this might. But you don't really know too much more about its political structure than that. You get a, a couple of you know, passing mentions like in A New Hope. The emperor has just like you know, gotten rid of uh, the senate and now he's like you – know, we, we kind of knew that there was some kind of government in place. But then the Iron Fist, as you referenced, kind of put a squash to it. Yeah. Um, where in the prequels, it went like so much of the prequels is about the subversion of a democratic government being usurped by this, you know, dark Sith mm-hmm. and making it into a totalitarian government right. by by the will of the people. Right. You know, I mean, that's what makes I think the original, or I'm sorry, the, the like the prequels so interesting from a political standpoint. It's that it's about going from a free democratic government to a totalitarian government. By the manipulation of this dark Sith through the will of the people, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, which I think was v- fascinating. Do I think we're going to get that in Episode Nine? Absolutely not. I think it's. I don't think we're going to get much. Maybe a passing reference again. But again, I yeah. think. I think it's just more of a survival movie for the for the resistance. It's much more of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's one thing that J.J. Abrams did with the Force Awakens is that he definitely tried to make it small again. Yeah. You know, because like the prequels were very grandiose mm-hmm. and were playing – it was drama being played out at truly at a galactic scale with all these planets and governments and all this stuff. Right. The Force Awakens is very small. It is. It is. It's like you know, introducing the new characters and then bringing in the legacy characters. A bigger story is just the First Order trying to wipe them out. So we got that. Yeah. And yeah, but I, I think it's a great question. It's one that I want more of, but – I don't think we're getting that. So how about this? Do you think – this is from Colt, at Colt Badu. I want to say that right. I hope it's right. Is there going to be a new villain tease in episode 9 to continue to the next trilogy? 
Would you rather have the villain be a Sith, villain we know, or a Legends character? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. I like it. Now, yeah. if I'm reading this correctly, a villain pops up in Episode Nine. That is that then might be in a new trilogy that, after Episode Nine. That will be explored continuously in the canon. I think is what he's getting. Yeah, at, right. Could be. I mean, would you rather have the villain be a Sith? I want the return of the Sith. Yeah, I've been I've been screaming that from day one when yeah. Force Awakens came out. Um, Kylo would, dies. You think? I think Kylo dies. Yeah, we've talked about this ad yeah, nauseum. Yeah. He dies redeeming himself. And there it is. Yeah, and it's like I can't wait. Fine, I can't wait for it. I wanted. I don't I, know if he's going to die. I actually think he's going to live. But um, you think he's going to live? I think I'm he's like going to. Actually, maybe not. You're right that it makes too much sense that he does die mm-hmm. in some glorious uh, fashion. And uh, after seeing Mr. Adam Driver last night, who was an Academy Award nominee for Best Supporting Actor in Black Klansman, which he does do an excellent job. He's, he's great. Um, he doesn't seem like he's got the vibe of a guy who wants to stick around Star Wars for too long. Right. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, like he seems to be he's – not, he, he's not very vocal about it. Yeah. He's been in – look, we've had him in the studio. And yeah. he's interviewed with us uh, in promotion of, of uh, Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't even you know, ask him about it because we knew that it wasn't something that he necessarily wanted to talk about. No, he was more interested in Black Klansman. As and, and rightly be. so. Yeah. Yeah. It was the award circuit and he was nominated. So yeah. there you go. But he's also created one of the most fascinating Star Wars characters ever. Um, and I think um, you know, him and Daisy Ridley – are forever going to have that thing. They will. You know? I, I think they will, but I think Adam Driver of all, because of Black Klansman getting a nomination, when he pops up in new movies, he's so fascinating. It's why I like him as Kylo Ren. Yeah. He's got something going on there that I, I think a lot of people respond to. Yeah. And we'll see what his, his character does in, in episode nine. But I have a good one here I want to ask you about. Sure. From Jason Skyhopper, at Jay Skyhopper. Obi-Wan says, I cannot interfere, telling... That to Luke in Empire, right? When he's going to go off and face Vader. So can in fact Force Ghost play ball, use powers, use a saber? 40-year question needs to be answered. Right. Now, I'll start pointing you to The Last Jedi. And I know, I know a lot of people probably go in there too. Yoda is able to conjure some lightning and take out the tree. That was the first time I've seen a Force Ghost interact with their reality. Yeah. I think that's so, the first time any of us saw it, period. So I wonder the same thing and I wonder because that was one of my favorite uh, kind of ideas was can Luke come back in episode nine and actually do something? That's why I wanted to bring up the, the force backs and see a flashback. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would be like oh, – I mean look, if we're going to say um, – if we're going to say that the Force is an organism that evolves mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. right? then it's within the bounds of logic that Yoda became a Force ghost after Obi-Wan, that Yoda is able to do things that Obi-Wan wasn't able to do. Right. And then it stands within the bounds of logic to say that Luke Skywalker can evolve past the abilities of Yoda. Right. You know, so – to your point, it's logical. Yeah, I think I think, and I think JJ could find a way to make that work. You know, he knows he was creating, he was pushing some uh, 
some new boundaries, some new mythology making uh, new areas in the force like when he kind of the the I want to say he created and maybe it was cast in the you know Kylo's reading the mind. Right, doing that. I mean, we can kind of. It's a, a natural. Yeah, mind reading. I think mind reading is something that I think we've seen before. We've seen before, but he, yeah. we saw it a little bit differently with with uh, Kylo Ren. But, but look, I, I, I would, I, I look to Yoda being able to do that. Maybe, maybe Luke can do something. Maybe Obi Wan makes an appearance. Maybe Ant. We've talked about Force Ghost Anakin. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I wonder. I wonder, man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, they don't have a lot of time to finish this thing. Do you think there's any chance it'll get delayed? No. No way. No way, right? No. This thing has been circled on the map December 2019 for years. We don't have the exact date, right? No, we do. It's, I, th- I believe it's like December 19th or something. Uh, let's see. Episode 9. Release date. Right. December 20th. December 20th. 2019. It's a good day. It's going to be a good day. Um, I like this story because you could maybe help answer. I mean, because we've talked about this before. Jacob Hibbard writes, "What's your favorite legend story?" My favorite legend story. Um, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. I I love the story of um, of Darth Revan. Mm-hmm. I love the story of Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. That's a good one. You know that that's the one that I, I I relate to the most. Yeah, and I have a couple. Um, the ones that jump off the page to me, obviously, is the Thrawn trilogy by. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, me uh, not Thrawn. Yeah, uh, not yeah. Thrawn. But, Sorry. but I would put the Revan thing a little higher than Thrawn mm-hmm. trilogy, just because the uh, the uh, meat and potatoes of the Thrawn trilogy, to me, to me, the most interesting part about it is Luke and you know Mara Jade. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing about so it, yeah anyway yeah I mean the Thrawn trilogy of course it's it's an actual novel I wouldn't consider Revan a novel but right the story of Revan it's a great me, story for a video game to me yeah uh, I go Darth Plagueis Darth Bane I haven't read those Rule of Two um, those are great stories because that's like Darth Bane especially it's like he joins the Sith he then figures out destroys the Sith to come up with the Rule of Two which. That's the origin of that, right? And our namesake. So yeah. I love that. But Darth Plagueis is one of the best. As I still well. haven't read that. I got to read that. Y- you you know? would love it. I, I caution you, though. You're gonna you're gonna finish that thing and go. Why the hell are we not making that? <laughs> right, you're gonna right. sound like Scott Mance, apparently. Um, all right. There's some more. God, you guys are so great. Do you believe the fight between Ray and Kylo in Episode Nine will mirror uh, the Jaina and Jason Solo in the expanded universe? I think you're on to something. I think they're cherry-picking mm. some of these legends speaking of. I think that that um, may be, may be. I mean I, I wonder. This is something we know is going to happen, right? Ray and Kylo Ren are going to lock sabers they in have episode to. nine. They have to. Absolutely. I mean they have to face each other. Mm-hmm. They're going to face each other. And Ray has to be of the mindset of wanting to kill him or, 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 or save him. him. Versus, Is she going to pull a Luke? She was doing it in Last Jedi. She was. She was. She was doing exactly what Luke was doing when he goes to the Death yeah, Star. He ref, she refused to um, to bring any real harm to him. Right. There's some echoes here. That was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, think about Return of the Jedi that way. That's going to be an echo. I think we're going to see something. They are going to fight, though. They're going to be locking sabers. One hundred percent. 
Yeah. And if they don't, I think then JJ will JJ JJ. <laughs> I don't know why I put an emphasis on the second J and not the first. JJ. Um, yeah, JJ. Let's call him JJ. Well, uh, yeah. JJ from That's now. The French version yeah. is like, oh, JJ. JJ. Comment allez-vous? Yeah, like, first of all, um, let me ask you a question. Mm. Um, are you willing to try Star Wars Galaxies with me? Yes. Okay, so. What that's, we a big, need, that's a big 10-4, good buddy. Yeah. So what we need are the folks that play the game, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's in the YouTube comments, who play SWG Legends in particular. SWG Legends in particular. Put your uh, character name uh, below in the comments so that when we do go online, mm -hmm. it will probably be you, me, and Dennis Zen, uh, a friend of the podcast. And a, and a friend of Collider, obviously. Absolutely. And a, and an employee. Uh, the three of us will be um, in the galaxy yeah. getting into some adventures. And it would be fun to see which other uh, rule of two uh, acolytes or dark apprentices yeah. we can bring along for the ride. So if you play the game, let us know through Twitter or through uh, the comments what, what your character's name is. Yeah. And, uh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I can't wait for that. This is a great question because it goes to your love of the prequels and one maybe we've talked about before but – because I've always had this stance. But Jeremy Reyes at Ray Ray Reyes underscore. JJ's. Yeah, JJ's. JJ. JJ. Love the show. If you could redo the prequel episodes one through three, how would you have done them? Personally, I would make Revenge of the Sith way more darker in tone and really show Anakin's pain that he was dealing with in the inside. Thanks, team. Uh yeah, would you would you change anything? Or are you just you're that pre, you're that into the prequels that no, you're like no. I mean, if I had license to change whatever I want, right? Like if if we were doing a collaboration, and George Lucas had come to me mm -hmm. with those three screenplays, mm -hmm. right? Would I change things? Um, and the bottom line is, I would change things. Mm. Okay, I think it was a lot of wasted character development to make Anakin so young in the first one. Yeah. I think you could have done that in a couple flashbacks. Yeah. Um, I think you could have made it a lot more poetic um, with him as an infant. I do understand the concept that um, – which is very important to The Empire Strikes Back, which is Yoda saying he is too old right. to, to be trained. So it does make sense that Lucas wanted to accentuate that by discovering that, that they that they discovered Anakin Skywalker in the traditional age that somebody is scouted to become a Jedi. Right. You know, so that he's an infant. You know, he's he's the right age. Yeah. And even in, and even in the Phantom Menace, Yoda says he's too old. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they don't get him as the infant and yeah. like start their training, whatever, right there. So and I I do think that if you don't have him as a kid in Phantom Menace that you risk – that the thing that you risk losing is the pod race. Now, mm. the pod race – a lot of people didn't like the pod race and don't like the pod race. Mm. But the pod race was a very important cinematic achievement for George Lucas, the creator. Yeah. Like he'd been wanting to do sci-fi Ben-Hur his whole life. Right. So there's no – Compromise there, right? Like, like, well, like when you're collaborating with somebody, like they're not going to let you cut out the pod race. No, no way. You know? Yeah, it's 
I mean, it is. It's like I thought it was thrilling when I saw it. I haven't seen the Phantom Menace in a very long time, so I'd be interested to see yeah. how it plays. There's some with very me tough now. parts. I mean, I'd ask JJ to cut out Jar Jar Binks. I don't think Jar Jar adds much of anything to the storyline, right? Even though the um, what's the name of his people? Um, the Gungans. The Gungans. Even though the Gungans do help in the war at the end, so so they do become relevant to the to the land army efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you needed to have. Um, you know, him follow along with the adventure and become kind of like the new R two D two, right? Um, in the same way, but and look, look, um, Attack of the Clones. I think Attack of the Clones really the only scene in it that I really don't like is when they go back to Naboo. You know, yeah. The, you mean the love story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like their little getaway to Naboo was very poorly done. Yeah. The execution on it, you know, but I love was... I love the bounty hunter chase at the beginning. Yeah, no, like they, like every Star Wars movie, there's some great stuff in there that you're gonna love, but and it's the closest one we ever get, and I, I I'd say even beyond Rogue One to actually see a full blown crazy war. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like the scale of the war between the clones and the Republic. Um, I'm sorry, not, not the Republic, the but Trade the, Federation. Yeah, the separat- separatists. Yeah, yeah. Was, was pretty intense. It was. You know? And I, I mean I was smiling from ear to ear when I was watching it in theaters and believe me, I still watch those. You can take those scenes and, and, and have a lot of fun. But um, how can you argue it wasn't great to see the Jedi do the Jedi thing, yeah. an army of Jedi? What would you change about Phantom Menace more than anything? Uh, I would make Obi-Wan the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, and I would make uh, – yeah, I would, I would age Anakin up and I would meet him as Obi-Wan and Anakin, fully formed. Now, unfortunately, that gets rid of Qui-Gon. Right. Um, I wouldn't get rid of Qui-Gon. And I wouldn't want to get rid of Qui-Gon. Maybe you then make him the apprentice. um, But it's through – he is the – Obi-Wan is the protagonist. And then maybe you can still – I don't know. But I like your idea of Anakin showing like some of when he was younger, like flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. But it's – I don't – at one point leading up to to 99's The Phantom Menace, there was this big rumor – that it was Obi-Wan's movie and there was going to – ultimately the fall of, of Anakin Skywalker was going to be because of a love triangle and it was Obi-Wan and, and Padme. That was a weird rumor. I can't, yeah. I I can't mean, fathom ultimately, it now. Ultimately, this Anakin did think that. Yes, he did and it was kind of touched on. But I like the idea of Obi-Wan being the protagonist, Anakin being a you know the, the co-star – and it's you know, Anik, it's it's Obi Wan's great tragic thing losing a, a a friend and an apprentice to the dark side. Yeah, and that's that's how we see Anakin because Anakin as the protagonist is what George Lucas did. It was hard for me to get into his. I don't know. I just felt Obi Wan's a yeah. little bit more. Look, I think now hearing you talk about it. If I could wave the wand, mm. right? Yeah. And rewrite history. Mm. You have episodes one, two, and three all have all be led by Anakin Skywalker. Okay. But Anakin Skywalker is in fact Leo DiCaprio. Ah. Right? Yeah. That'd Which be cool. was rumored and I think offered the mm-hmm. role. They would. They they wanted him. I he- think they I think they actually I, th- I think that there is data or, or or report out there that they actually offered him the role. Yeah. Right, they did. Um, yeah, he's been on record. I think. Yeah, he said that having all three movies, having flashbacks to young 
um, you know, Anakin. Maybe having flashbacks to young, you know, Anakin in all three movies. Yeah. You know, maybe that would have been kind of like True Detective, where you have like the ongoing story in three different time periods. Um, having a little bit of that, where you keep, if you're so interested in the, like, in the baby. Anakin, because like the problem with Anakin Skywalker now is that you have one Anakin in Episode One, and you have another Anakin for Episodes Two and Three. Yeah, you know, it's like you could have both of them through all three episodes. Yeah, you know that that would have been maybe interesting and still gotten some of that young stuff play out yeah. without so much pressure on it. You know, I like it. Anyway, yeah. what do you yeah. do? It's a good one. All right, let's do one more. Yeah. Um, and this is what, a good one. At Josh Mink, 78, there was a ton of speculation on what would be said after Ray gave Luke the lightsaber and it was the worst outcome. Some people didn't like the, the toss. I get it, but I would have much, I think, drop it like this instead of this. Kind of been changing my mind on that one, but that's okay. Will the answer to whose Ray's parents are leave the general audience satisfied or another stupid tosses lightsaber of the shoulder moment? So here we go. We're back at this question will Ray's parents be somebody yes turn out to be yeah I think what so. Kylo said nobody's no. I think that um, her parents will be revealed as something special yeah. in, in episode nine I think so I think so too I think JJ is I think that's why JJ is coming back yeah. not because of that let me let me be clear here he's coming back to bring some goodwill to all the Star Wars fans that maybe felt like they were – they didn't like The Last Jedi. Again, I couldn't disagree more yeah. because of my love for The Last Jedi. But I think that you know, when you look at – we've talked about Kathleen Kennedy a lot. We've talked about the mythology and, and you know, somebody being a producer or a producer of mythology like Kevin Feige. I think that bringing J.J. in was, was absolutely the right move to – you know. To close out and he even said – J.J. Abrams spoke to friend of the show, Ash Crosen over at uh, uh, E! Online. Mm -hmm. She interviewed J.J. and she said, what's one word that you hope the fans will, will feel or have when they finish episode nine? And he said, satisfied. Mm. And I think that's something that everybody wants. I don't think it will happen, not with Star Wars I'm and hopeful. not with not, – I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be satisfied. I'm not hopeful for some out there that just you know can't – just enjoy a damn Star Wars movie or, or at the very least, let other people enjoy a Star Wars movie right. without having to go at you. I mean it's just like – come on. You can criticize it. You can have debate about it but you shouldn't have like uh, personal demeaning attacks at people about it. Right. That's all we ask. You know, just have a good time with it. But yeah. Or I, have a good time like disliking it but don't make it personal. Right. I mean I go back to when – by the time I walked out of Attack of the Clones, I was not happy with my feelings about Star Wars. I was like I, that, that movie I didn't like. And I remember getting into a spirited debate with my roommate um, and it was great. Yeah. And we talked and we talked and by the end of it, I had to say, hey, you're right. I, I, I did like that arena scene. Right. You're right. You're right. That was pretty freaking cool. Right. You know, and it's like you finally get to a point where it's like, but but it was it was heated, spirited, as I said, but it was respectful. That's yeah, all. That's it. That's all that's we. All, that's all we want. But that's yeah, all we want. to back to your question there, uh, Josh Mink, I think we're probably going to see. Maybe some people will call it retconning what happened in the Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. 
But Kyle, I think Kyle's going to have lied to her. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is. And I think I think Ray's parents will be revealed to be somebody, somebody big. I wonder who. Yeah, I'm not sure who. I don't either. Now I don't even know anymore. I mean, like you know, like 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 we've said in a few other podcasts, like you know. JJ or JJ <laughs> JJ <laughs> calls it the Skywalker saga, you know, yeah. just as just as uh, Lucas did, and and ultimately the Skywalker saga is what needs to be resolved. Yeah, um, with Episode Nine, so I think somehow her parentage will relate to that resolution. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to see that. Boy, there's a lot that we're yeah. going to be speculating on. Uh, that's episode 28 of the that's, rule. That's rule episode of two. JJ. That's episode JJ. <laughs> and uh, thanks for bearing with us, guys, because, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, slow, slow news day. It's been a slow news day. We do this, guys. You know, you know us. When If you know that we're coming in and we're looking stuff up, that's why we like Rula, too. We just yeah. want to talk Star Wars. And, and what do you guys do when you talk Star Wars? Sometimes it just. You don't even know what you're talking about. You can just say, hey, what would you think of blah, blah, blah. And then by an hour later, you're like, we just had a great conversation. Yeah. That's what we always want. That's what we want. You know that Jedi Council is a prepared show, notes, graphics, all those things. You got Ken. You got Christian. You got a, a rotating guest, whether it's Ash or Emma Fife or even I. I popped up there last week. Um, just so you know, I will be taking some of the questions you threw at me for Rula 2. I'm going to give them over to uh, Jedi Council because they're fantastic. And I am producing that this week, so I'll get that over there. Cool. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining us. Mark Fernandez, at Mark Fernandez. You can find him there on Twitter, at Riley Around on Twitter. We love talking Star Wars. Anything else you want to say, Mr. Fernandez? Rise. There it is. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.